morning if you're live streaming if you're watching this on catch up it's friday the 3rd of may 2020 we are now on day 42 of lockdown i wonder what you've been doing with all this extra time you've had maybe you've taken up a new skill or you've developed your talents maybe you've become an expert at cooking general knowledge quizzes maybe you're an expert in the garden now I thought I'd take up planking. There's lots of internet challenges out there. I thought I'd take up planking, see if I could maybe break the world record, which stands at eight hours, 15 minutes and 15 seconds. Well, let's see how I'm doing. Man, check that out. Whoa! Ah. Right, let me just set that up. Oh, my abdomen hurts. I'll just get my breath back a bit. Now, with all this extra time, I wonder if you've been watching a lot more telly recently, maybe a binging on box sets. One of the things that we love to do as a family on a Saturday night is watch Britain's Got Talent. It's just amazing what some of those people can achieve. And today's parable is called the Parable of the Talents. So I wondered, well, what's that got to do with us today? What's Jesus trying to teach us? I recently saw a, a TEDx talk called The Parable of Talents, so I thought if I watch that, maybe it will tell us. And the moral of the story was, if you've got a skill or a gift, use it and you'll get better at it. And I thought, is that what Jesus is trying to tell us? If you go back to the Bible passage and you read all the way through to the end of verse 13, you find out what happens to the third servant, you might come to the conclusion that Jesus is trying to teach a salvation of works. What you do with what you have has an impact on eternal reward or eternal punishment. Is that his message? Well, let's turn and have a look, shall we? Like so many passages in the Bible, it's really important to understand the context. So here Jesus is teaching and equipping his disciples to be ready for this time when he's going to return again. The disciples like us are desperate to know. And Jesus says very clearly in chapter 20, 24, that we heard last week when Sean was preaching, that no one knows. In fact, Jesus says it four times. No one knows, no one knows. Did you get the point? No one knows. Yeah, some people seem to think they do. Then he goes on and tells the parable of the 10 bridesmaids, which is a parable all about waiting faithfully and expectantly. And that's what true faith looks like. Then you've got today's parable, the parable of the talents. In two weeks' time, we're going to hear the parable of the sheep and the goats. And in all three of these parables, Jesus is pointing to a future point in time when there's going to be a division between those who enter the kingdom of heaven and those who don't, and the characteristics and attributes of these two groups of people. So in the parable of the bridesmaids, uh, you've got five who go in and enjoy the wedding feast, and five who get locked out. It's very binary. It's one or zero, in or out. In the parable of the talents today, uh, it's two servants who share their master's joy or happiness, and one servant gets cast out. And in the parable of the sheep and the goats that we're going to hear about in a couple of weeks' time, it's the sheep uh, on the right that go in and take their inheritance, and the goats on the left that are cast out. So in this parable, Jesus talks about a master and he's clearly talking about himself and then three servants representing three people who claim to follow 
Jesus. And in the story, we learn several things about the master. One is that he is trusting because he entrusts everything he has to these three servants. Two is we learn he's very generous. So although we use the word talent to mean skill or ability, in those days, the word talent, the original meaning of the word talent means a unit of weight of a valuable commodity such as gold. So now historians debate and disagree on how much a talent really weighed, but somewhere between 30 and 40 kilograms. So let's take 35 kilograms as a midpoint. 35 kilograms of gold in today's currency would be worth about one and a half million pounds. So in other words, a talent was shed loads of money. The third thing we learn about the master is that he knows his servants. So he doesn't give them all the same, but he gives money according to their ability. So what happens? He goes away and immediately those first two servants get to work with what they've been given. They don't know how long they've got before the master is returning. So nowadays, if we go on a long journey, we go traveling. Wait, nowadays we don't go on any journeys, do we? Do you remember the days when we used to go on journeys? Well, if someone went away on a long journey, we would know when they were coming back, wouldn't we? Because they would contact us, they would text us or WhatsApp us, or we'd watch their flight arrival times, and we'd know exactly when they were coming back. But in ancient times, you didn't know when someone was going to return until they walked through that door. And so the master, we don't know how long he was going to go for. He was going to go for a day, a week, two weeks, several months, a year, who knows? The servant with five talents gets to work, he earns five more. The servant with two talents gets to work, he earns two more. And the servant with one talent does nothing. Zilch. He doesn't trade it. He doesn't invest it. He does nothing to honour or please his master with what he's been entrusted. Whilst he is away, we have to ask ourselves, who is he living for? The answer is, he's living for himself. He's living without reference to his master. In other words, he thinks he is his own master, even though he's not. He's still a servant. But I wonder if you've got any sympathy for him. After all, he doesn't lose it. He doesn't squander it on himself. Surely that's not too bad, is it? Well, let's see what the master's response is. In verse 19, he returns and it's the time of reckoning. The first two servants have doubled their talents of gold. Now, they were different people. They've been given different amounts. They achieved different things. But what's key to see here is that they were both faithful to their master and they both received exactly the same commendation. Well done good and faithful servant, come and share your master's happiness. They demonstrated a faith that worked. They had served their master even when their master wasn't there. But what about the third servant? Clearly caught off guard by the return of his master, his response is to immediately try and deflect any judgment on his actions or attitudes on someone else. And in this case, he tries to blame his master. His response in verse 24 shows us that he never knew his master really in the first place. He accuses his master of being cruel and 
unethical. And the master doesn't even bother to challenge these assumptions. He says, look, if you had really, really believed that about me, then the least you would have done would be to invest the money in the bank and earn me some interest on my investment in you. Clearly, the first two servants knew their master, but the, the third servant did not know him at all. The third servant claims that he was fearful of the master, but was he? Actually, what led him to do nothing was the fact that he had no regard for his master. He had no faith in his master. And here's what we need to understand about the parable. The man is not sent into darkness for not working. Just pause on that. The man is not sent into darkness for not working. Not working is merely a symptom of something much deeper that's going on inside him. And that is faithlessness. The third servant, you see, is an illustration of someone who claims that Jesus is Lord, but doesn't live it out. And Jesus summarised this situation, this predicament, this kind of person really clearly earlier on in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, verse 21, when he says this, look, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those that do the will of my Father who is in heaven. This servant, this third servant, he's not even ambivalent towards his master. He actually has no grasp of who his master is and who he is in relation to his master. He's got no real relationship with his master and he certainly does nothing to bring him glory and honour. Now, if we take this parable out of context, as I was saying earlier, it would be very easy to misunderstand it. And many people do. But if you take it in context with the entirety of Scripture, we know that it is by grace that we are saved through faith. And this is God's most indescribable gift to us. We are saved by grace and through faith, not not by works, so that none of us can boast. The three parables here in this group help us to understand what the characteristics of the faith that saves us looks like. It's certainly not a faith that is ambivalent or sluggish about the skills and gifts and talents that God has given us. It's not a faith that is disobedient or blasé about serving and glorifying God. It's a faith that brings honour and glory to God through using whatever we've been given. The point of this parable is that true faith is characterised by work. Everything we have, every aspect of our lives, our money, our time, our relationships should all be aimed at serving and glorifying God. So what can we take from this parable during lockdown? Lockdown provides amazing opportunities to pause and reflect on our lives and our faith. Does my faith bring glory to God by demonstrating the love that God has shown us? Do I take enough risks in living out my faith? You see, those first two servants surely took risks when they traded those talents of gold. Do I take enough risks 
in living out my faith. And I'm sure next week when Simon Gilbo speaks, he'll be talking a bit about that. And if not, what can I do to put glorifying God at the top of my to-do list? For indeed, that is what we are designed and created to do. Let's pray. Almighty God, we praise you and thank you for your indescribable gift, that of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your promise of salvation because what he has done and achieved and not because of what we do or achieve. Father, help me live this day in lockdown to the full, being faithful and true to you in every way. Jesus, help me to give myself away to others by doing what I can in the circumstances I find myself in. Holy Spirit, help me to love the lost, proclaiming the good news in all I do and say or put on social media. And all of the people of God, wherever they were and whenever they watched this, said, Amen.